0: This episode of the Digital Tourism Show was brought to you today by RENTRAX, fully customizable rental management systems for tour operators. You can book your free demo at rentrax.com. Hi everyone and welcome to another Digital Tourism Show. In this episode I have the pleasure of speaking with Russell Astle-Coates of Tourism Tiger and we will be discussing the key fundamentals to optimise your tour operator website We'll be looking at everything from the customer journey and the best methods to drive bookings and drive leads to your business, as well as the optimum layout for your website. So sit back, grab a coffee for this hour-long episode of discussing how you can get the most from your tour operator website. So welcome to the Digital Tourism Show, episode 252. So thanks, Russell, for, for joining us on the Digital Tourism Show. Um, we've been looking to get Tourism Tiger on here for a while, so I'm glad that you guys have managed to to, to jump on board. So for, for anyone who doesn't know who you are or who
1: Tourism Tiger are, would you mind just explaining what you guys do? Yeah, um, yeah. thanks, Chris. I think this has been about two years in the making, hasn't it? So, <laughs> just about, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No pressure on it delivering after all that time. Um, yeah, so in terms of Tourism Tiger, um, we specialise in building websites for tour and activity operators, and um, so we deal with um, everything from the actual project management. We do the website design, write the content, um, and when we do all the technical stuff, and we make sure when we put it all together, um, you know, it's it's a good functioning website that's focused on selling tours, selling activities, um, and getting the clients or or the website visitors the information that they want to that they want to get to.
0: Excellent. excellent. And do you guys um, cater for particular areas or are you pretty much worldwide in terms of the businesses that you help?
1: Yeah, so we're, we're worldwide. Um, I'd say the majority of our clients are in North America and Australia. Obviously, very polar opposites um, in terms of uh, geography. But yeah, we have clients in 30 different countries around that kind of map. Mm-hmm.
0: Excellent. Yeah, uh, obviously, been I've uh, speaking to you guys for the, for many years now, and um for for pure transparency for people who who are listening you know, um, back before we were called the tourism marketing agency, we actually used to be called Century Digital, and, you no, know, we developed a lot of websites in house for Greyline and a few other big companies and things like that. But uh, we decided to sort of get out of that game, uh, as it were, and just focus more on the marketing side. So what we did was is we rebranded, sold that side of the business off to to Tour CMS, actually, who one of the booking platforms that we did a lot of work with. Uh, um, but we still got a lot of leads in um, at that time for for websites that type of thing so we decided to partner up with these guys at, Tourc- uh, at uh, Tourism Tiger to any leads that we can pass them on and hopefully um, we, we felt that uh, or I certainly felt that um, the websites that you guys were doing followed a lot of the same lines as as how we produced websites and design websites in terms of though the, the good thing about when we were designing for things like Greyline, though, know, because of the budgets that they had, you know, the big budgets and everything else, really allowed us to look at the user journeys, do a lot of testing, that type of thing. Um so and we felt that the websites that you guys were doing followed a lot of those same principles. So I think that's what attracted us to you guys and um and also we knew you guys as well and you were a great bunch of guys. But that that was a that was a big big driver for us to say, look, we've got the confidence to to pass this sort of work on and uh, for you guys to do. So so you guys still produce some really good websites. So
1: thanks, Chris. It's always good to have you available as well because we get a lot of people who ask us about marketing and you know ask for advice or companies to recommend. So it's it's great to, mm-hmm. to be able to send those people to you guys as well. So
0: no, thank you. Thank you. So um obviously we're in the middle of a global pandemic um and, and everyone is uh, they're doing things whether it's marketing, whether it's in websites to to make their websites better, make their marketing better and all the other things they need to do because a lot of operators, as we know, aren't operating at the moment, especially not to the full capacities they should be, or maybe non-existent. So they're, they're looking for ways to optimize a website more. They're looking at their website to say, is this going to be strong for me going forwards? Um, is this going to be a good platform for me? How can I make it better? So um, I think with this chat, we're going to have a chat to, to go over some of the positives in terms of what people can do to to implement into their website to make their website stand out more make it more user-friendly uh, and make it more friendly for for things like google searches and that type of thing as well so uh, before we're going to um for those that are listening in the podcast we are going to share our screen um in terms of looking at websites so those watching in the video will be able to see what we're doing but we'll do our best to explain what that is for those that are just listening on a, an audio podcast as well so Don't worry if if you are an audio podcast, we will try and explain that as much as we possibly can. So in terms of... Uh, some of the changes that, um, or some of the things that operators should be looking at now to make those positive changes in their website. Is there any that comes to the top of your head that you see? It's quite an often. I wouldn't say a mistake, but it's often a a thing that you see coming across websites. You think this is probably not the way to implement something, but maybe this is a, this is the better way of doing it. Is there any any sort of common thread that you've been seeing across many websites that you deal with? Um,
1: I'd say that I mean if we're talking about right now. And the, the kind of situation that we find ourselves in, I'd say that um, there's, there's plenty of websites that, that I land on, and I don't actually know whether that business is operating mm. right now. Um, like, unfortunately, you know it has had a huge effect on, on not just tourism but other industries as well, such as restaurants and um, you know um, shops and, and, and all sorts of bars. So for for me, I think the, the first thing that that people need to do right now is actually address the situation. And um, one thing that that we've advised our clients to do is to have um, a bar across the top of the website, just underneath the menu, and um, to basically say, you know, check out our latest COVID updates, Um, you know, we or you know, even just a message saying we're still operating. Mm-hmm. As, as small as that sounds, it, it does make a huge difference when. Um, people unaware, or even if it's, you know, it could be that company's operating, but we don't know what hours they're open. So again, you know, check out our current operating hours, or you know, the measures that we're 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 Mm -hmm. putting in place. I I think that right now is is something that's that's very important. You know, until until we come out the other side completely. No, I agree, and we're advising a similar
0: thing. You know, we. I remember, I remember speaking to, to one operator, I can't remember who it was, um, but they, they were saying, oh, we don't want to have anything about COVID on our websites. we don't want it to be promoting COVID. And we're saying, mm-hmm. well, the media and everyone else is talking about COVID. No, you you mentioning COVID is not really going to promote it because it's been promoted as much as it possibly can anyway. So, um, mm-hmm. But it's just getting across and installing trust and in your customers to say, look, we're still here, we're still in business. We're still looking to... to, to to operate as much as we possibly can but here are the steps we're taking to make sure that your time with us is safe and then i think that's such an important message to get across and like you say having that near the top where it's easy for people to see and click through to go to a page or whatever that would be i think it's a necessity more than anything else
1: that's right i think um right now one of the first questions in someone's head is is your business still open Mm -hmm. um and if, if you can address that you know then they're more likely to to stick and and start going going through the website and start interacting because you know you could have in your booking software you know you could have your available dates there, but someone's not going to click book now until they're they're actually ready to do so. So yeah, you know, hitting that early on. And same with um, with the blog posts. You know, if you do have a blog on your website, you know, making sure that the these blog posts are up to date, they're current. And again, that could be a very good place to you know address these kind of issues if you want to. If you don't want to address it, then at least you know, show that you are still operating in some way through through what you're posting?
0: No, it's, it's a good point. No, um, it's one of the questions you get asked, you know, should you do marketing? Should you still do, be doing marketing? You we've really not got you know, get anything to sell or anything like that. And so and and certainly I can agree with that. You know, if you get nothing to sell, if no one's operating, then okay, I can understand the argument there. But on the other hand, as you say, you know, if, if people are looking just now, even if they can't book at the moment, they're looking for something to do further down the line. They're just looking around for inspiration. So being able to see that a blog's been updated, even throughout this whole pandemic for the last six months and beyond, you know that you're keeping the website up to date, you're on social media, doing all these other things, it just makes other it makes your potential customers know that you're still alive, you're still there, you know, the business is still going. And it's, if nothing else, it just gives you extra brand awareness because there'll be lots of their competitors uh, and operators competitors who won't be doing anything like that. So it's a, it gives them an opportunity to possibly jump ahead in rankings or, or anything like that as well. So
1: Yeah, definitely. And as, as you mentioned there, um, throughout the lockdown, a lot of our customers actually saw no dropping in traffic. Okay, people were not necessarily booking, but you know, you've got people who might be cooped up or who at least don't have the, the option to travel right now. And that's all they're thinking about. Yeah. You know, they're thinking, okay, when this hap- when this ends, this is what I want to do. Um, so, yeah, putting yourself there at the front and center of their mind, you know, they're, they're probably more likely now than ever to start subscribing to to a newsletter, or, you know, to get these kind of updates so they know when, even if you're not operating, when you're actually going to be back mm-hmm. operating. Yeah. So, um, yeah, very important to, to keep up that that side of things, definitely. No I agree, I agree,
0: so I believe we're we're going to have a look at uh, one or two of the websites that you guys have put together just to give those who are listening and watching um, an idea of why you've taken the design elements uh, and put those uh, things in place and why they've been done in a certain way. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously things like user journeys and, and everything like that as well, but hopefully trying to explain a little bit better visually and also to those listening in the podcast, we'll do our best to explain. But just to get across the steps that you've taken um, and why it's been done in that particular way. So um, just to give people a better idea of what their website should contain or at least give them some indication of what this is maybe what you should be thinking of in terms of making the buyer purchase journey a lot easier or getting across a COVID message or whatever that would be so um so what's what's a couple of websites you're going to highlight today
1: okay so um first one is um a company called insight cities who are based in europe mainly in eastern europe and i was going to just focus on the on their vienna uh website or their vienna Vienna page basically um and then also we have um a food tour website based in manhattan and a a brand new company that's just setting up in in Melbourne and Australia as well. So um Excellent. yeah, very varied in terms of the businesses that they do. Um, but also in in their geography as well. So we've got Europe, North America and Australia there as good, well.
0: Good, good. Traveling the, ro- the world like it, like it. Exactly. <laughs> in one podcast. Okay, so which one shall we look at first?
1: Um so yeah, let's should we pull up um Insight Vienna, do you want me to to share my screen at this point? Yeah,
0: please share the screen and we'll we'll have a look at that.
1: Yeah. So yeah, as you can see here, I've got Insight Cities. And um, as we've just mentioned there about the the Corona updates and and making sure that the you know people know that you're still operating. As you can see, these guys here straight away, and um, they have a special offer for tours and for locals, and they also have the coronavirus updates as well. Um, and there's somewhere obvious there where we can click through um, and we can get through and we can see about about what those updates are. So, yeah, Excellent. again, just just keeping keeping people aware of mm-hmm. the current situation, both in the city and with yeah. the business.
0: I, I was, I just as you were scrolling up there, I liked the fact that that was sticky, so it stayed to the top, so it didn't always, no, it didn't scroll, it stayed with the menu, so I, I liked that. So
1: yeah. That's it, definitely. And, you know, we do think that right now this is a priority for people. Mm-hmm. Um, so for
0: those listening in the podcast, you know, we're looking at the Insight Cities website, so just under the main menu, there's a blue bar that has a um, uh, sort of offer for 20% off, or 25% off, sorry, local tours and activities and coronavirus updates. Click here to read more, basically. So they click on that and they'll get more information on coronavirus, um, the, the steps that they're taking, and Providing a discount at the same time, so that, that that stays to the top. Anytime you scroll, that just stays to the top. So,
1: yeah. And again, this this is an adaptable. Right now, we're as we say, we're using it for Corona. But you know, the fact that we have this banner here, and um, you know, if people are offering you know any special discounts or you know there, there's something that they really want to bring to, to their users' attention, and um, they've always got the option to to use this bar for for other um, other purposes as well. Excellent. Um, cool. So yeah, one of the reasons why I wanted to start off with with insight and, and talk about insight is because um, these guys are, are they're based in various cities across Eastern Europe or you know Europe as a whole, um, and they're quite a niche company in terms of they they focus on the on the educated traveller. So they're, they're looking for people who who are professionals who who are going to and visiting these these places and and just really want to learn from that and they've most likely got some sort of background knowledge already as well um so they're not kind of like you know if um if someone was going to Prague for example or going to Vienna they might be going for for like a stag party or um you know just go just going for for a quick whirlwind tour but insight focus on on these higher caliber of of tours, basically. So um I thought I thought that'd be very good to kind of show how we really differentiate that and and really put that across through the website. Excellent. And I like how the fact you've
0: got the book button straight underneath the main Sort of title on the image and the banner and things like that. It's, it's, it's a nice little, but well, there's two options there two call to two actions, one to see, see our tours and then one to book to uh, book now. So I like that fact that that's there. And that's again, that was something to be used to like implementing as well.
1: Yeah, that's it. And um, the reason why we do that is because generally you, you will have two types of, of website visitors. You know, the majority of people have never been to your website before. So when they land on your website, and the first thing that they want to do is, like we said before, make sure that you're actually active, you know, that you're actually in business, which which we're doing with the with the banner across the top. But then they also want to make sure that you are a company that offers what they're looking for. You know, it has to be relevant. So we, we make sure that in the headline here, we show exactly what they do. You know, they do Vienna tours, us. Um, and then we use the sub-headline to start hinting at the niche that they're going for. So their world class culture and imperial legacies. You know, so if I was looking for for a booze cruise or you know just looking to, to have a quick whirlwind and, and tour the bars and stuff, you know, straight away I know that these guys aren't relevant for me. And I, you know, I can leave their website. But you know, they, they want to make sure that the people who they're targeting are going to stay on the site. So um, yeah, we do that with both the header and the subheader. And then the buttons coming on to the buttons that you mentioned there, Chris, um, you know, these people, now they've, they've realized it's relevant for them. Now they actually, they want to know what, what, what they're offering. Um, so that, that's like the important first step. And then the, the other set of website visitors that we have got, you know, they've already been to this website before. Um, 80% of people who, who book the tour, minimum of 80% of people who book the tour, have already been to your website. So these people are most likely coming back to either just, you know, dot a few I's and cross a few T's or they just want to book. So there's no point in sending them through the same journey and, you know, letting them kind of explore and discover, you know, they just want to get straight through to to booking their tour. So that's why we tend to split um, the call to action buttons down these two very kind of separate paths. Yeah. Excellent. Cool. Um, so, yeah, the the very next thing that, that we do so, sticking on, on the fact that these guys are looking for for the more kind of educated tourists, the the people who have disposable income, and um, you know, straight away we're setting out the points of difference for insight here. So, we can see here that all guides are either PhD or MA level. You know, so, if I've either got a master's or a PhD in. Um, in their studies, you know whether that's history or or philosophy or, or music or whatever is relevant to that particular tour. You know the guides that they choose have got qualifications in this, so you know that um, that's that's the kind of um, that's kind of direction that they're going in in terms of in terms of their brand. Again, private and small group guided tours, you know, showing that you're not going to be thrown on a bus with you know twenty other people. You know, this is which is important is now. <laughs> 100%, yeah. Now more than ever. Yeah, um, and then also the customized side of it as well. So you know, people who who do have this disposable income, you know, they're they're going to be more more guided towards this kind of tour than like like we said, you know, um, you know, stack it high and sell it low kind of kind of experience.
0: So for those um listening on the podcast, so just under the main banner, there's like three. I don't know if you would call unique selling points or three uh, things that you the, the customer's wanting to get across, but again, it's saying they've got PhD level guys, they've got private small group tours and customized experiences as well. So just to really highlight three of the main elements that maybe makes them different uh, from from their competitors as, as well. So
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, so again, even even in the text, like the text for, for, for me is, is, is a big distinguisher between different tours. In, in terms of the style that it's written, so if if you look at the prose here, you know it it uses a lot of um, lot of elegant kind of um, sentence structures. Um, it doesn't use any kind of um, punctuation in terms of um, exclamation marks, exclamation points, etc. You know, it 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 goes straight into into an advanced level of of text. If we think about the average um, American, um, which I don't know why it's the average American, but it always is the average American, um, has a reading level of eighth grade, which I think is thirteen years old. Um, you know, I don't think most thirteen-year-olds would be able to to read through the text that that they have on their website and be able to to understand it. So immediately, it's it's setting itself apart. It's only aiming for these people who. You know, would actually identify with mm-hmm. with the text on the site. Excellent,
0: excellent. That's actually a good point, you know you make. You know, with the with the content, it's it's making sure yeah. you're. You now, a lot of people will use, and it's one of my little gripes actually. But it's it's a lot of people use Yoast um, on WordPress websites or the websites to help no i think meta data, meta information and seo keywords and that type of thing but a lot of them will follow it to say oh i've got a red mark next to my yoast because it says it's not readable by a 13 year old or a 14 year old or whatever that would be and it's i always say and i don't know you may disagree with me here so it'd be good to get your take on this russell but i always say you no know, mm-hmm. that's that side of yoast i n- never i tell all my customers never follow that because yoast doesn't know the Type of customer you're trying to attract that doesn't know what you're trying to convey across that text, you know, all it will look at using its its algorithms is to say, Is this readable by, as you say, a 13 year old, 14 year old, that type of thing? But if you're looking to attract PhD, PhD sort of uh, customers, then writing for a 13 or 14 year old probably isn't going to cut it. So, um, so you in that sort of sense, that's where a lot of these plugins sort of fall to the wayside because you just don't know who it is you're trying to talk to talk to in terms of your target customer
1: no I, I, exactly what you say i think it, it's not just necessarily on the text i think it, it's a more general kind of approach where mm-hmm. you know pe- people being told all the time look you need to have um, an seo website you need to get keywords into into your website you know you, you need to be picked up by the robots but at the end of the day you're not selling to robots you know you're selling to people mm-hmm. um so you need to put the people first right so You know, from there, once you put your your website visitor or your target audience first, then you can start looking at at these robots, you know, at making sure that you know you you can get to the top of the search engine. But yeah, first and foremost, it is is your target customer that you need Mm -hmm. to sell to.
0: Yeah. No, well well said. So, just underneath that, you're starting to list, is that tours now? You're just starting to list underneath that little bit of text.
1: Yeah. So, even if we clicked um, the CR tours, you know, this would just pull you straight down to this oh. section on, on the homepage. So, it's just what we call an anchor link, um, which just means that, you know, if someone doesn't necessarily want to, to start reading through the website and going through your website's kind of natural journey, if that's they're the sort of person who lands on, on the site and they just want to know, okay, I just want to know what you sell. You know, maybe they have a specific tour that they have in mind, a specific location that they want to visit. And, um, you know, you, you need to help get that information as quick as possible. So, you know, we just pull it straight down to here. Um, and even in the tour names, you know, um, we've got Vienna Introduction here, which obviously, you know, as an introduction, it, it doesn't sound like it's going to be too in-depth. But then, you know, we, we look at some of the, these tour titles um, and we have here... Um, the Belvedere Palace Museum, a world-class arts collection in an aristocratic utopia. And um, you know, again, this this isn't the kind of tour that that you would go on if you were just like, okay, I just want I just mm. want to get my yeah. surroundings. You know, this is for someone who who really is interested in this sort of thing. Um, so even the tour titles, I think they really distinguish mm. who their target audience is.
0: Yeah, uh, I I have to say, it's credit to. Insight is that the fact that they went in that sort of niche, uh, went down that niche market, and a lot of operators will try to cater for as many different types of people as possible. But the fact that they have went really niche for this PhD, you know, sort of, I wouldn't say more upmarket market, but um, but that that customer that they're trying to attract, it's, it's 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 good to see. I like to see businesses going down a niche like this. To those,
1: yeah, and it's something that I've, that we probably skipped here as we're talking, but um, the the main colours are of their branding. Is blue, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's um again for for those people listening to the podcast, uh, it's it's a deeper a deeper blue color, um and blue tends to put across across um professionalism, it puts across trustworthiness, confidence, strength. So even you know not not just the names it does, even the color of the of their branding and the color of their website, you know, it really exudes that kind of like, like you say that. Mm-hmm that educated and, and really niche kind of, um, kind of sentiments. Yeah. Yeah, I can't agree more. Yeah. Um, cool. So, yeah, I'm just going to continue going down. And again, straight away, um, underneath the tour section, you know, there, there's a section here talking about the guys, you know, giving a bit of a background, a bit of an overview about them. Um, and it says here, you know, first sentence, they're professors, their grad students, arts, crit- arts critics and historians. So straight away, you know, they're, they're going in again with um, th- this real credibility kind of angle that, 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 they're, that they're hitting. And I, I feel that they do a really good job of doing so. Um, and then, you know, you, they give the option of going more into the About Us page. They have guide profiles as well. So the sort of person who, who really wants these kind of details before they, they reach their decision? Um, you know, we're giving them the paths that they can go down to get that information nice and easily for them. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Um, and again, you know, with, with insights, it's all about credibility. You know, they, they aren't um, like we mentioned before; they have a, quite a high price point. So, you know, it, it's all about backing that up, right? It's all about showing what you're paying for. Why you're paying that that extra money? Um, so we can see here in the news, they've got very reputable newspapers that that have written um, articles on them, such as the Guardian, Scotsman, um, and and the Globe and Mail as well, which I think is a Canadian publication, judging by the logo. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. will maple leaf at the end.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bit of a giveaway. And again, yeah, they, they've got even more. You know, so they, they've got a lot of really credible news sources that, you know, that they've built up, you know, it's not just a case of, you know, people will, will naturally approach you. You know, you also have to to go out and help build that credibility to, to showcase on your site. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of new operators can struggle when it comes to this because, you know, obviously they've they've not put on any tours up to this point as a company. Maybe they're not, they don't have any partners at this moment. Um, they're not listed anywhere, et cetera and so sometimes it can be really hard as a new operator getting to this kind of level um but yeah it's definitely worth investing your time in in trying to make these links and and really put your business out there so so you're able to build this kind of credibility up on your website
0: no for sure and and especially if you had a section in your blog that was more press related then then uh, you had a little Brief introductions that were actually written on your website to mention. Okay, I was I was in the the, the Scotsman, and you give a brief explanation of what that article was, and then link over to the article, and then hopefully that article links back to you. All helps with your back linking. All helps with your SEO and that type of things as well. So it's one of the things I I, I sometimes see when I come across websites that they will have a press section, and all they'll really do is take a screenshot or an image of of the press article and stick it in the blog with no supporting text, no nothing, which obviously doesn't get picked up by Google or anything like that. So being able to take some of that. T- text add it to your website or write a a, a, a brief explanation of what it is and then link off is always the better option in my opinion the fact that they've got this here and you can see it's real text talking about what it is and then uh and then the little logo underneath with the, the different publications is it's really good i like to see that it's good yeah
1: cool um and then again credibility you know it's not just you know so as you can see here they've gone from their own words about themselves. Then they've they've pulled in um, like organisations, um, periodicals, etc. And then they're going down to the peers. So then it's about what the guests are saying. So they're getting all different boxes ticked, you know, throughout this throughout this homepage to build that credibility up. So you know what previous guests are saying, um, and and this is something that. A lot of people are on TripAdvisor, and obviously, as everyone who's on TripAdvisor knows, um, you know, commissions there can be quite high. So, rather than just sending people off to TripAdvisor to to read these um, to read these reviews, or adding in a TripAdvisor widget, which you know really tries to to send them away from your website and into TripAdvisor, you know, we pull those uh, testimonials and reviews into the website. So. Just like you were saying there, Chris, you know it—it's native text on the website and might get picked up. um, But again, you know it it keeps a visitor within the site. And then, you know, we've all been on websites where we've seen um, reviews from Mr. James H. Bond, um, (laughs) one that I remember seeing once, (laughs) and and, uh, it didn't look very real. So yeah, yeah, we do also have the link to TripAdvisor where you know if someone did want to then go there to, to to see the the review they could do. Um but yeah, the, the main thing is to, to keep them within the website and to Yeah no I agree. Them.
0: Um having reviews on the website is highly, highly important as you know. Um though no, any anytime that we are dealing with websites unfortunately one is not built by yourself. Um but we're dealing with websites, one of the first things that we uh, say to say to our customers is okay. You know, install a widget onto your website that does pull in, um, TripAdvisor reviews. In fact, there's a great widget, um, which I'll post in the, the show links, um, and the show notes. But there's a great widget that pulls in your TripAdvisor, Facebook, Google, it pulls them pretty much all in, and that can be displayed as a nice little carousel on your website. Just so, because one of the things that we found, um, and I imagine you'll be the same as well. But one of the things that we found is yes, you can. Your website can have its own testimonial section. And that's still better than having nothing on your website. But what consumers tend to think is if it's on your own website and it looks as if it's been written just as a testimonial page on your website, it's not seen as as, as genuine as maybe a TripAdvisor review or because they think you, there's more, it's more than likely it has been made up. So by pulling in something that's branded TripAdvisor or Get Your Guide or Google or something like that, it does come across as more natural, more real. Uh, and that it's always that little bit of extra confidence in, in the consumer.
1: Yeah, and definitely, if the review is by a Mister James H. Bunt uh, <laughs> <Yes. laughs> it de- definitely uh, reduces the the kind of reliance on that review. Um, yeah. But yeah, like like you say, and I, th- I think this is something that you know you were talking before, Chris, about what people can be doing um, during this time where maybe they're not offering as many tours as, as they would like to do. You know, th- this is a great time to you know look at things like you know maybe you put a widget into your website. Maybe it's just a case of going through your TripAdvisor, your Viator, your Yelp um, reviews and, you know, pulling them into the website and linking back to those sources, you know, it's it's very easy stuff to be able to do. You don't need to necessarily be technical in order to, to do this. Exactly.
0: And, and as you say, you know, at the moment, people have got time to experiment um, with everything that's going on. And... It's amazing how diff- how how things can change in a positive manner by adding in reviews or even just the change of a color of a call to action button can make a huge difference. You no, know, just something as simple as that. So it's just, you no, know, you've got the time. Experiment with the website. Try you know a different color with your call to action. Try adding in reviews. If nothing else, it's going it's it's going to serve your website better in the long run. It gives you more data that you can say, okay, that worked or it didn't work, and then you can you you know for sure. So it's it's now's the time
1: to experiment. It really is. 100%. Um, so yeah, and then in terms of this, you know, if someone still um, has questions, you know, they're still not sure, then, you know, we're, we're ending with a call to action, you know, on the homepage. So rather than, you know, someone goes through the homepage and they get to the bottom and then they're like, okay, that's great. And, um, you know, we're actually imploring them to now take action, you know, yeah. if you do need more information, get in touch. Um, Something you mentioned before, Chris, is that the the banner about the Corona updates, that obviously follows, but so does the menu. So mm-hmm. if someone's got all the way to the bottom here, you know, they have the option to get in touch. But there's also the menu there where they could, um, you know, take other actions as well. You know, they could read more about the company and um, they might want to just book now, which, again, that is an option that follows them down in the menu. Um, so, yeah, there's different actions that that person then able to take once they get to the bottom.
0: Excellent. And I like the fact that at the bottom you've got just some quick links as well that people can click on to uh, to go there. Oh, even though the menu's sticky, they can still click on something. There's a, there's always a, a, a some sort of way they can get back to the menu or or link off to another page or something like that to give them a next step. So
1: yeah, 100%. There's something that I, d- I don't think this is a technical term, um, but we often refer to to people with menu blindness, right? Mm. So there's some people who just don't look up at the menu. And when they're, when they're navigating through a website, they will, will literally just look through the text, look for links that they can click on throughout, throughout the page rather than going back. So, yeah, like you say, having these options available in, in the footer mm-hmm. as well um, yeah, is very important.
0: You no, know, it, it, it's true. No, you know there is that element, as you say, where people have menu blindness, and that's why it's so important to get your call to actions on the page. Um, you know, make them stand out. Make sure that people know what the next step is. No, it's you, it's it's a horrible thing to say, but no, you have to sort of cater for the lowest common denominator in terms of okay, this is what you have to read. What do I do next? And you've got to give them that step of what to do next. No, and and it's I've seen websites where they have too many call to actions, and it just confuses the consumer. Saying okay, do I get in contact? Do I click to find out more? Do I book? Do I do? No, I've I've came across websites where they've had like five or six call to actions, pretty much in the one <laughs> screen, and it's just it's just like okay, no, it's crazy. So it's just giving them one two maximum call to actions to say you can either do this or this. Which one? What do you want to do to try and lead them down that purchase journey? So it's, um, and as you say, a lot of people don't see the menu. So by scrolling the text, which in a sense is good, it means they're getting drawn in by your content, your images. They're seeing the stuff that you want them to see, and then hopefully they'll see that that book button or inquiry button. So,
1: yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, at this point, um, I think it would be good to to go over to to Manhattan and kind of contrast. Yeah. The, the way that Manhattan have, have, um, have laid their content out and the content that they've got on their website and how, how different it is.
0: Yeah, excellent. Let's have a look at that. Food tours is... It's great to see uh, uh, you're showcasing a food tour website because it's one of the... Probably the fastest... Next to bike tours, it's probably one of the fastest growing tourism. And just, well, pre-COVID and everything else, but it was one of the fastest growing. So um, it's, an, it's an amazing... Such an amazing product, you no? Know, because everyone loves food. Everyone, you know, food's a great way of bringing people together. And I you know it's one of the products I think has a strong chance of surviving COVID. That type of thing because of the type of product it is. So,
1: yeah, it's it's definitely my favorite tour. Um, I've I've obviously been on quite a few tours in my life. You know, I've been to a few different places, but I'll always look out for a few because I do feel it's the best way of experiencing the local culture, for sure, more than anything. Um, especially when you don't speak the language and you look at the menu and you're just like, I don't really know what these things are. Um, you know, if you, if you can have someone showing, showing you around and showing you, you know, the, the place to find the best one of this, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I I do really enjoy what, what those tour operators are doing.
0: No, I agree. And, and, just to um, not tarnish the brush, all, our, all us Brits don't all just go to McDonald's and try to find fish and chip shops <laughs> and everything else. No, uh, the most sane ones of us like to try the food of the actual place that we go to. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. totally
1: true. Um, so, yeah, cool. Um, so, getting straight into Manhattan food tours, um, one of the most obvious differences um, that we can see here when we first land on it is is the colour, first of all. Um, you know the color scheme here. It's yellows, it's greens, whereas before we had the deep um, blue that was putting mm-hmm. across the professionalism, and confidence, trustworthiness of of um, insight. You know, we come on to onto Manhattan, and you know, obviously there are links with yellow and New York. You know, obviously the yellow cabs, etc. But you know, aside from that, yellow yellow really reflects warmth and friendliness, uh, imagination, liveliness. and um, So I, I I do feel that, you know, as well as showing that, you know, this is New York, you know, it really puts those emotions across for the visitor. And that's the kind of emotions that the Manhattan want to, want to portray to their clients. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And I like the fact again, just to, for, the, for those that are listening, again, straight under the menu, you've got now got a green banner instead of the blue one from the last website. But instead of more COVID, this is um Greenwich Village Food Tour now open Thursdays through Sundays. So it's just giving people an indication. We are open, we are, we are doing business. We are here ready to to serve you, um, et cetera. So it's good to see that they're making they're highlighting that again. So
1: definitely. And a, f- a few a few of our clients have decided that they, they don't want to to operate throughout COVID. You know, understandably, you know, it might be that the government's not allowing them to, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And they've then um, leveraged this banner to, to put that across, you know. So, yeah. again, it stops people wasting their time. But, you know, if they're not looking to, to, um, to necessarily book right now, then, you know, obviously, then they can still interact with the site. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, again, with the header, really tells you what they do. You know, you've just found the best New York City food store. Um, and I mentioned before that, Insight didn't occupy any kind of um, exclamation point. Straight away, there's one here with these guys. Again, you know, showing that that warmth, that liveliness, that that friendliness of, of the company. Um, so yeah, very different kind of um, yeah. message that they're going for.
0: Yeah, and again that, that title at the top of the page, which is again for those listening, is just over the image. That that, that could be a background video or, or whatever it's in the main banner or an image, but there's text over it that, and that's actual text that's on the website, so it's not embedded into the image where Google can't pick it up. So it's but no, I've came across so many websites who just have a big nice image at the top and you don't actually see any content until you start scrolling down. Um and it's so important to have that text there, as you said, to let people know this is exactly what we do, you know, and, and, and this is who we cater for. Um and it's Again, if you're thinking it from a technical point of view, for Google, Google loves to see that as well. as a It's called a H1 tag, which is a heading, the main header for the page, and Google uses that as a main driver for SEO.
1: Yeah, I often think of it like I don't know if you, if you do the same, Chris. I often think of it like um, a movie. So you know, when you you have like the the screen setting wide shot that you normally start with a movie, and sometimes you see like um, a land um, a landscape shot of new york you know and you can really tell it's new york but then sometimes it's just a desert island right and you don't really know what that desert island is so that they'll always put you know costa rica five years ago yeah. or something like that so you know you immediately you know where you are you know you're not feeling disorientated um, and then it allows you to then start interacting and start actually enjoying it rather than you know acting in confusion like oh, yeah. what are we actually watching here what's going on
0: no good analogy so, yeah
1: yeah. Um, cool. So again, you know, we're giving these two different options um, straight away. You know, someone who's just come here, they, they don't know about what uh, Manhattan food tours, they don't know what options are available to them. Straight away, the option, view our tours um, or book a tour now, if they've been previously um, and they're just ready to make that booking, you know, just making it really easy, removing friction as much as we can for these kind of people. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, again, you know, you, you can see immediately, again, the three points of difference when we scroll below this, you know, we're talking about local guides here. We're not talking about, um, you know, the qualifications, about, you know, the um, educational background. The, the first thing that they say on the best local guides is it's like having a friend show you around, right? So, again, it's that friendliness. It's that liveliness. It's, it's that welcoming people, Um know very different kind of kind of um, points of difference that these guys are putting across compared to compared to insight um cool and then again you know even if we scroll below here and we look at the tours themselves i I don't think you really need any kind of background on this do you it's just a case of like okay do i go to greenwich do i go to hell's kitchen do i do chinatown or do i go to grand central market Mm -hmm. um yeah just very very simple very straightforward um, and very easy to, to distinguish between which which tour that you want to do
0: yeah to be honest the images is making me hungry to be honest <laughs> <laughs> no, so I, actually, I love uh, I, I love gyozas, so i absolutely love gyoza. and the fact that that's there i'm going i might have gyoza tonight <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's 12 o'clock here which means it's my lunchtime in like 30 minutes so i'm starting to rumble a little bit <laughs> So cool. And again, like with um, when it comes to, like the testimonials that these guys are putting on, um, again we're pulling them into into the website from other sites, um, allowing people to to read the full testimonials or you know go straight through to to the the actual source of that of that testimonial. Excellent. Um, but yeah, I say all the text here. You know, when we we're talking before about um, eighth grade level, without putting it through any kind of plugins or um, any kind of um, a kind of like writing assistant tools, you know, it is it's very easy to read, short sentences, um, good energy, and you know, just making it really accessible because you know, I think anyone can go on this kind of sort you know, there's no kind of restrictions um, that, that they're trying to put in place at all. Excellent. Nice little pun there as the call to action. You know, hungry for more hungry information? More yeah, I
0: like it. Yeah,
1: contact us now. <laughs> Which, like you say, Chris, after, after looking at some of these pictures, it's impossible not to be hungry after that, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but some, something that we didn't really touch um, on before was, was the menu. Um, when we looked at Insight, I'm just going to touch on it now uh, sure. very quickly on Manhattan Food Tours. Um, we, we, Andrea, actually, who who does our marketing at Toys and Tiger, she, she brought this analogy to my attention, and I really love it. And she was talking about menus as being like supermarkets um, where basically when you walk into a supermarket, when you think of the size of a supermarket, you know, they they can be absolutely huge and very daunting if, you know, you walked in there and you had to find a specific item, right? So imagine you walked into a supermarket and you had to find a tin of beans, right? And it could be a very daunting task, you know, if if they were just in any random position. So we like to think of the menus as being like supermarkets, right? Where you walk in or you land on the website and straight away the aisles are visible there so you can see you know, where the frozen aisle is, you can see where the tinned aisle is, you can see where the bakery is, you can see where the, the alcoholic drinks are, et cetera. Um, so you can find what you're looking for straight away. So here, you know, are you looking for food tours? Are you looking for custom tours? Do you want to know more about us? Do you want to contact us? Do you want to book now? Um, You know, straight away, we're we're giving these people limited options because we don't want to overwhelm them at this Mm -hmm. stage. Again, thinking about supermarket analogy, you know, if those beans are on any random shelf, it would be very overwhelming. So you want to show them which aisles that you have available. Um, And then even within the, the aisles themselves, you know, so when you go to the aisle, you know, you've got the frozen food, but you don't have peas next to ice cream, next to um, sweet corn, next to um, ice. You know, mm-hmm. I can't think of any other frozen foods, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, again, you'll, you'll have all the ice cream together. You'll have all the peas together, all the different varieties, all the different manufacturers, etc. cetera. Um, so again, it's just really breaking it down those steps and just making it easy to find so this is quite quite a simple um, quite a simple quite a small small website. But if we go back to to Vienna at this stage, you know they they do have a lot of tours in a lot of cities. So again, rather than just giving them a list here of every single tour they do, you know go to your city first from there, find your tour. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's very important. That, that, that is a pet hate of mine, is
0: actually. Uh, um, sorry, to interrupt, up, but um, I've, again, came across so, so many websites where the drop-down menus are just horrendous. They take up they actually go past the, the the page length, and you have to scroll past to to get to all the different pages because they, they they put in every single product that they've got in there, and it's just like if a customer think think of it from a customer's point of view, you know, there as you said there that and I love that analogy of being uh, looking at a supermarket shelf. You know, what do you think? That's almost what it's like. It's just looking at a supermarket shelf, seeing all the different brands, seeing all the different products. You go, what the hell do I select here? And if you've got too many options for a customer. But it's just going to confuse the hell out of them. So by just giving them bite-sized chunks and letting them explore and the deeper they go into, it, the more information they'll find There's always a better option, in my opinion. It's good to see that you guys are following a similar tactic. So
1: yeah, definitely. And something else we do here, um, just going again back to insight, which we didn't really discuss was this search feature. You know, they, they do have a lot of different um cities, mm-hmm. a lot of different tour types. So for them it's it's about okay, so do I want a small group or do I want a private you know, do I want it to be a day trip? Do I want it to be on architecture, culture and history, you know, Jewish history? What what sort of niche am I am I looking to do? Mm. So just really pulling pulling out those niches and helping the customer get to, to where they want to get to. Um, yeah, Yeah, know it's vital. Yeah.
0: A search is absolutely vital, especially if you've got a big website, you know, if you've maybe got 10, 15 tours, twenty tours or so it's maybe not suitable, but if you have got Tens and hundreds of tours, then yeah, yeah, search is an absolute must in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. And, and now, that, no, just going back to Manhattan tours. One of the things we, we didn't touch on as well, which I love seeing, is the fact at the very top of the menu. So you've always got, got like a. Uh, so a sort of mini menu or a mini information bar just above the main menu, which easily displays uh, the the email address and the phone number and the social links. So if someone did want to phone, they can, especially if they're on mobile, they can just click that phone number. or dial up the company and that type of thing, or send them an email. So the fact that that's there, always visible at the top as well, is something that I love seeing. So it's just making it showing that. That um, you're you're approachable, making it making it super easy for the customer to get in contact with you, and I think that's a vital thing to have. Up the top is that the email, it's, even if you don't want to show an email address, a phone number specifically is one of the best things to have up there. So,
1: yeah, definitely,
0: definitely, excellent. No, it's a nice. I like it. I like I like the the you've, you've laid out the website again. Following a lot of the same elements is what we would uh, follow. No, like, I don't know. It'd be good to get your take on this. Actually, it's one of the things that we do. Remember adding things to websites is um you you have the the reviews and things like that are a little bit further down the page, but we like to put that more near the near the top either just under the main banner whether it's like a a, a TripAdvisor rotating carousel or some sort of badge and if that, we, we like to put that near the top um because we just feel that it, it basically just gets across the trust factor a little bit quicker um so what's your take? what have you found in terms of the placement of reviews is it does it make much difference from what you guys have seen or do you, um, you come across websites where they've one no, they've won a, a major award on TripAdvisor for the year, but then they stick at the tiniest little logo down in the footer somewhere and mm. nobody sees it type thing. So it's one of the reasons why we take we like to keep it up near the top. Um, but we're good to sort of hear what your take is on that and no, what have you found in terms of the placement of reviews and that type of thing. So,
1: Yeah, in terms of, so like we were saying before, in terms of when we're talking about that customer's journey and what they're mm. looking for, right, the first thing that they want to know is that, um, A, you're, you offer what they're looking to do, right? Um, And then B, that what you offer is within their budget. You know, it's available the days that they want to do it, et cetera, et cetera. So once someone's established that, then they're going to start considering whether you're actually the person who who they're going to trust, right? Um, Something you mentioned there, Chris, was like a TripAdvisor logo Mm -hmm. or, you know, Certificate of Excellence. Um, those certificate of excellences can be can be brilliant decision makers, and um, so with those, if someone has one, then we would recommend putting it here at the very top. You know, we we can actually put it as part of the image, right? Mm-hmm. So when when someone lands on this page, as part of the image, they have a certificate of excellence. Cool. So yeah, here we've got Columbia Travel Operator. Um, no prizes for guessing what company uh, what country these guys are in. And um, so yeah, you mentioned there about you know, if they do have any kind of certificate of excellences and stuff and with these guys, it's there where previously we had the uh, points of difference Mm -hmm. here. We have um, the fact that they've got three years of sustained certificate of excellence between 2016 and 2018 Um, and got five star reviews on Facebook and five star reviews on Google as well. So, um, you know, with these guys, they have that before we go into the different points of difference. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, we, they have the option to skip through this point if they want to, and they can just get straight through to those tours and, and choosing which tour that they, that they would like to go on.
0: Yeah, but it's still good that you're sh- you're showing that closer to the top. And um, like I say, you know, there's so many businesses that have that certificate of excellence, um, and the first thing they do is they stick it in the footer. Where. Most people, when they scroll, will never see the footer because they'll either click to go through to another page or whatever. And the footer's rarely seen, um, especially on mobile devices. So it's the fact that that's near the top just to emphasise, like this is how good we are. Those no, TripAdvisor have set have gave us this award for the last you no know, three years between sixteen and uh, two thousand eighteen. So it's like show show that don't be, no, don't have it hidden away. No, show that to you how good that you are. So,
1: one hundred percent. And just coming back to what we were talking about before, um, these guys have got a lot of tours and um, they opted for for a mega menu. Mm. So again, what we've done is we've um, you know, if you're talking about these as being supermarket aisles, you know, you've got your Medellin aisle, you've got your Bogota aisle, and you've got your Cartagena mm. aisle. So um again, really setting it out there so you can find which toy you want rather than just every single thing they do just thrown together. Cool. So exactly. um yeah, back onto Manhattan Futos. Is there anything else that, that you wanted to bring up about this site at all, Chris? No, I, th- I think the it's,
0: it's a great looking website. Again, following a lot of the same structure, and I suppose yeah, one of the one of the things that I would maybe ask is it's a question we sometimes get asked is you no, know, you've pretty much answered it already. But you no, know, up at the main banner, you've always got the book now button, and it'd be good to get your take on this. You no, know, whether people are using Fair Harbor, I think Peak do the same thing, um, <laughs> whereas one of the things I don't like seeing, um, I understand why it's there, um, but from a marketing's point of view, it can maybe throw throw some issues up. But by having someone click, um, what I have seen, sorry, is, is I've seen lists of tours like you have on the page. But if someone, someone clicks, you know, find out more, it actually launches the booking widget. Um, so they're starting to go through that booking process, um, which for me, I, I've seen a lot of websites do that. So I, I like to see a web, when someone clicks on, Know, find out more. actually takes them to a separate page of more information let them know about that and then that contains the actual proper booking widget, whether it's a calendar or a book button or anything like that. Because what I tend to find is, is um, it tends to happen with a lot, a lot of Fair Harbour websites for some reason, but what I tend mm-hmm. to find is, is if, if someone just clicks on that, um, it's not it's not giving them what they expected it to do. They expected to go to a page rather than launching the booking widget. So for me, that's that's raising the abandonment cart rates of the website because people are going, that's not wanted. They click off and then they try and find the information they want. I actually find it more of an annoyance than anything else. How do you guys see that? Do you see, see that as an issue or do, do you see it's an annoyance, or do you actually think it's uh, it's actually? Or am I just overthinking things?
1: No, no, I, I completely agree with what you're saying, Chris. Yeah, um, you know, you do have to at every point, you know, be as clear as possible, and there's several reasons for that. Um, one one of them, like you said, is is making sure that when someone clicks a button, they know where they're going, and um, so they then don't feel confused, they don't feel almost lied to <laughs> that you you're trying to trick them into booking something. Um, and another thing is that a lot of these websites that do that, they have the, the tour information within the booking um, within the booking engine rather than native on the website, right? Yeah. Yeah. So by doing that, your page, your website page, isn't going to build up any kind of SEO presence because you don't have a page. You know, people mm-hmm. are going from your homepage, and they're getting that information from a Fair Harbor, Fair Harbor widget, Fair Harbor. Yeah. um how however you have it set up on your website basically mm. um, yeah. the, so' you go sorry go. I was just going to say the third option the third reason and it's something that's probably not talked about uh, very often is website accessibility which is hugely important you know it's especially in um, places like in America they have um, ADA compliance Australia they have very strict rules uh, within the EU as well where you know your website has to be accessible for everyone. Um, so yeah, if if someone goes onto your website and the screen reader needs to tell ex- tell them exactly what's going to be happening, and if it doesn't, then your website's not accessible. So, so um, very good point, yeah.
0: very very good point. Um, and the other point I was going to make there before I really interrupted you, so apologies for that. Yes, um, was that the uh, one of the again a little bit hate I see is people, somebody clicks on a tours page rather than listing a snippet or a card um of each tour that you can then click into it to find out more, what they'll do is they'll, they'll just list all their tours on the one page, maybe with a little brief paragraph of what that is and a big button, the next tour with a little brief paragraph and a big button but it's all on the one page but what that's doing is it's not really giving Google a cohesive Um, or not telling Google, right, this is what this page does, this is what this page is about because you get so many different types of products on there, possibly even so many different destinations depending on the type of company you are. It's, it's, It's really important to have each tour page having its own page with its own information um, because it just helps Google so much better, you'll rank better, and, and it just makes the customer journey a lot better. Too, so they can actually see more information rather than just a little quick snippet, and then they'll find out more information as you see as they click the book button, which sort of defeats the purpose of the website in the first place. Yeah,
1: exactly. Uh, just one more point on that as well. You know, some people who don't have um, a booking software where people can make these, you know, bookings right there in the moment. Um, you know, again, don't call it a book button. You know, call it a you know, an inquiry button, you know, inquire now, um, yep. or contact us or however you want to word it. But again, you know, if someone's expectation is that once they've sent that form through or once they've made that inquiry is that they've now got a booking with you, then, you know, again, that's, that's mislabeling. You know, mm-hmm. they need to be very clear at what stage they're going to be at once, once they send this form. Exactly true. Um, and one of the, um, websites that
0: I always say people should look at. Because um, for me, they've got some of the best design and UX teams in the world, and it's one of the reasons why they've became so popular as Airbnb. You know, it's one of the best design yeah. websites they always, you know, if you look at what they do in terms of the market, if you look at how they have their booking widget down the side. They have their, their information really cleanly laid out. If if you can book it, it will say book. But if you can't, it will say reserves. So it's reserving your spot, so you're not actually booked. It's just look at the wording. Look at what companies like that are doing because they spend silly money testing all these things out. So if you can emulate what they do, then you're 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 going a, a, along the like the right sort of lines in terms of your website. So
1: definitely, and um, something that we got from them actually was um. So on our, on our tour pages, one of the things that we've had for a while now is that you'll notice that we have this sidebar here. Mm-hmm. Um, and this sidebar, you know, it will follow the the site visitor. As you scroll, it will stick with them, right? So they're yeah. always Love able that. to make that Love booking. Yeah. Um, something that we always had on mobile was the, that book now button used to be stuck just to the top of the screen. So if someone's scrolling down, it was it was there at the top and um, one thing that i noticed about airbnb is that they were doing it at the bottom of the screen right and what what had happened was and something that we then kind of looked at was that as mobile phone screens had got bigger and bigger people were less likely to look at the top right because it's you know you, you're looking at the information that you're scrolling through mm-hmm. So, just, yeah, just something that, that we picked up from Airbnb. We were like, yeah, yeah. that makes sense. So we switched people are lazy. It's, it's
0: closer to, to where their thumb is. It's, <laughs> the main call to action is closer to where their thumb is. That's, people are lazy in that sort of sense.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like now it's so difficult, isn't it, to go to the top, uh, yeah. especially most people are right-handed as well, aren't they? Mm. So if you think about when, when you've got your website on mobile, if you have your hamburger menu in the top left, it's making it harder for right-handed people to, to click that mm. menu, or unless they use their left hand, right? If someone's yeah. using it in one hand. Um, so we'll always go for it on the right. So again, it just makes it easier for that person to, yeah. to you know, do it one-hand click. Yeah. So, yeah, laziness comes into it a lot, but also <laughs> yeah. these giant phones that we're seeing these days. Yeah,
0: if you're fun, if you're no, I've got pretty big hands, so it's not too bad for me. But my wife, who's got tiny little hands, you know it'll take her a week to get to the top of the <laughs> the phone <laughs> to click the book yeah. button. So, so make it so it's super, make your being called to actions in your mobile near your near your finger or your thumb, isn't it, Right, which is going to be down the bottom anyway. So, mm-hmm, definitely,
1: definitely. Um, so yeah, in terms of uh, Manhattan, I think that that's a very good example for those sorts of things, and then. I just wanted to show you um, uh, a website that isn't launched yet. We're going to be putting it live, I think, this this week or next week. Um, and we're, we're still doing a bit of work on it. So just in case there's anything that might look a bit a bit odd. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, that, that might be the reason why. But the reason why I wanted to bring it up is because this is a brand new business. So I was talking before about obviously building credibility. Um, and sometimes, you know, if you do have a new business, you know, you don't have the luxury of a company like Insight where they've got loads of testimonials, industry awards, TripAdvisor rankings, um, a, an amount of guest of service, press mentions, all these kind of things. So, what I like with um, with WAM or Wild Adventures Melbourne is how they how they've overcome that. Um, so, one thing that I wanted to bring up was. First of all, I think the branding I, I, I really like the the way that they've really set themselves out with a really cool fresh look with the branding. Yeah, I do like and
0: that. Really nice.
1: Yeah, and, and again, these guys they're very uh, if we look here at the points of difference, you know, eco-friendly, sub-zero waste, social enterprise connects with nature. So again, I I think that the branding and the the green color scheme that they've gone for, I think it really fits into what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, again, it gives them it gives them something that maybe you know you do have an established business who um, who is hoovering up the the clientele in the area, but you know are are they doing these these really niche things like um, sub zero waste? You know how, how what is their social enterprise look like? So what I really like about what what Nick's doing here is that he has um, a mission statement which which he has here on his site. Um, under his about us so you know if we go on there it's also on his homepage. page but um, you know it, it goes into his story it builds a story it builds um, trust in this in this new company that doesn't necessarily have these um, other things to fall back on you know he, he's sharing he's sharing his own personal journey you know he, he's telling you who he is yeah. um, and why you should trust him and here we've got his mission statement based around care so yeah in terms of credibility you know it doesn't all have to be what you've what you've done in in business you know it can be about your own personal goals and and really putting them across in in a really um really engaging way which i feel he does with his story and and the way he sets out those um those four core values that he has yeah so for those listening to the podcast
0: we've got a page here which it's almost like a timeline a very small timeline of this is who he was no this is the this is the type of person he is because of the experiences and the tours and the places that he's traveled around the world and this is why he's set up WAM, uh, Wild Adventure Melbourne Um, and it's I love seeing stuff like this no I, I when it comes to marketing um, when I speak to tour operators it's like the best form of marketing is to humanize your brand it's to get across why especially within tourism, you no, know, it's, it's to get across why you love doing what you do. Don't don't be scared to have you yourself on the website. Don't be scared to put you um, in front of you no know, any marketing materials, that type of thing. You know, it's, it's almost like creating your own sort of personal brand in a way. But it's it's just getting it just makes the brand more personable. It makes you more pr- approachable. Uh, and what WAM have done here is exactly the sort of stuff I love seeing. And it's a fact that he's yeah, it's a new company, doesn't have any reviews, but he's saying, look, this is who I am. This is the reason why we've set this company up, and this is why we're doing what we're doing, and, and telling it in a really engaging story-driven way. And it's it's I love seeing that. Love it.
1: Yeah. No, definitely. And then something else that. Again, if, if if you are a new business and, and that's why you're listening to this uh, or watching this, um, you know, in terms of blogging, you know, get your content in there early. So again, you know, he he doesn't necessarily have um a huge back catalogue of blog posts that, that is written, but he he's making sure that he's putting across a some of his values, but then also showing that that he's an expert in what he does through the blog post that he's writing as well as getting his personality across. Yep. Um, so, you know, again, you know, if you can't launch a website with, you know, we're number one on TripAdvisor, we have this amount of qualifications or, you know, this amount of mentions, you know, create your own, um, you know, create a picture of yourself, create your own journal there. Yeah, no, for sure. Definitely.
0: Um, and it's, it's almost the only way without reviewers, it's almost the only way you can build up your own, Brand and your own business and your own voice is by doing things like this, no, creating really good blog posts, getting across your personality. Uh, and then from that, customers will come, then you'll be able to build up reviews and it's all, it's all the cycle, all sort of ties in together. It's, I love seeing it. And in fact, this is the first uh, website as well when we land on the initial homepage, we've actually got a background video, which again is once something I love to see because it's, um, again this may have changed over the years, but from the test that we did back in the day when we did websites, is having a really good video in the background. And this for for those that are uh, are watching and listening, doesn't it doesn't have sound; it's just purely in the background, is more of a visual aid, but it can really help draw people in to keep them on the website that little bit longer, just to sort of say, okay, and and really sells a message of exactly what you do um, more because pictures tell a thousand words and video does it even better so by having a little background video in there it can really just get across a sense of who you are and what, what you offer so definitely
1: um, and something that that we do with every website that has um, a video hero area um like the, the top area is that we'll always have um, an image that's loaded in the background as well so essentially, if someone lands on the website and they do have poor um, poor internet coverage, or if they're on mobile connection, rather than you know just seeing a blank screen that's mm-hmm. waiting to load this video, because um, they are a lot more data intensive, obviously, um, the the picture loads instead while it's waiting, right? So yep. again, it just it just makes it very fast loading, and um, something that we've not really touched on, which I think I think at one point it was quite revolutionary but now I think it's it's just kind of taken as gospel that you know your website has to be quick you know it has mm-hmm. to load within a certain it's a big time. ranking it's factor now
0: yeah google have obviously exactly. made that with mobile first
1: and everything else it's such
0: a huge ranking factor your website not just has to look good and 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 read good and be readable by google it has to be fast as well and, you know, the, it, you're never a lot of people use these testing websites like google has or Pingdom or anything like that and don't get me wrong you'll be very very rarely will you get an A plus and everything, or hundred percent and everything, just because of the nature of tour websites, because they're API heavy with the booking platforms that they use, that type of thing. So you're never going to get that um, with, with with these type of websites. But if you can get like seventy or eighty percent above or above, you tend to be doing quite well, in, in my opinion. So, um, but no, speed does play a factor. But don't don't worry if you don't get hundred percent because it's nigh on impossible.
1: That's it. One thing, one kind of tip that I would give if if people are looking to, to kind of test their website speed. Rather than using something like Google, um, Google PageSpeed Insights, which will test how long it takes for every single element of your website to load, is using something like GT Metrics. Mm, yeah. So, with GT Metrics, you can actually see how long it takes your, your website page to, to appear. And then it will take into account the extra things. So, for example, if Google shows your website loading at um, 17 seconds, it might actually be loading in three seconds. It's just taking an extra fourteen seconds for um, a particular widget or mm-hmm. a, a video maybe to load. So that, um, that is it. That, no,
0: especially with the background videos. No, a lot of these tools, like the Google one, will take that into account or wait till the video is probably fully loaded. Whereas something like GT Metrics knows that the video is going to be playing at, while it's loading in the background, so it takes that into account. So yeah, as you say, a website could load in one, two, three seconds, whereas um, Google will say it's 17 seconds or above or anything like that, so it's it's just something to to look out for.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think um, w- what we were talking about before, when we said about websites should be designed for for the humans yeah. who come and visit. You know, for the people, for the, the visitors first, and then um, the, the bots and um, like SEO etc. Yeah. Like as as a kind of second thing that that comes on top of it. You know, I think uh, using something like GT metrics. You know. What people see is important. If someone comes on this website and you know it it loads straight away, um, then that's then that's fine. Even if these things are going on in the background, if they can interact with this website straight away, that's the key thing. Mm-hmm. Because if it if they can't, then they're just going to leave, um, and then that's that's a customer lost, basically. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's not necessarily all about the the numbers. It's about what's mm-hmm. actually going on on the page. Yeah,
0: i would be interested to get your take um, as well. No, it's one of the things, I upgraded my um, system I use a Mac, similar to yourself, Um, Mm -hmm. I upgraded my I think it was Safari got upgraded Um, and I know Chrome's going to go down this route as well but I've now got a little button near the top of the the bar where you enter the address bar and it will actually Mm -hmm. say, give you an indication of all the cookies that are being used, like Google Analytics that type of thing, and it automatically blocks everything from a marketing point of view, that's just thrown up all sorts of nightmares so you actually have to go into the browser to say allow cookies on any website and that type of thing to make these things work but um it's it's one of these things that i'm wondering if that's going to cause any issues with websites in general so if, uh, it's it's going to be an issue for some customers well uh, or in some businesses when they come onto a website and because a browser's not loading up a cookie the website could look broken it could look you know it might not be functioning in the way that they think it should be functioning um i just tried it today with building curiosity of of with one of the uh widgets we added to a customer's page that the book button was hidden and it actually had a little warning sign over it saying you need to enable cookies to make this widget work. So a lot of customers are going to see that if they uh, if, if they don't have their their cookies enabled within their browsers, which is automatically switched off by as soon as they, they install it and everything else. So I think that's going to throw up some issues, and I think that's for every website. And it's I'm just wondering if the cus- consumer will know that if the, the most no I know that because of the technical background and things like that, but from Joe blogs and, uh, and lady blogs who come onto a website who are not technically minded, they'll just think, oh, I can't book, no. it's. I think that's gonna, that's what happened to OTAs, not just um, uh, companies, websites and everything else as well. I think this is another thing, it just adds to the mix of, um, when you start seeing your analytics decrease, when you start to see things like that happen, It's not necessarily anything wrong with the website, it's just now how the browsers are handling data and they're, stopping cookies and unless you say so unless you give them the approval and it's and it's even having a book a a cookie policy thing on your website that somebody clicks to say allow cookies that's not necessarily going to allow the browser to do it as well it could be two things that you need to do within that so it's it's going to throw up a lot of issues especially for you guys building websites as well
1: yeah 100 percent um like you mentioned there the, the idea is that the consumer doesn't notice the difference that's that's going to be the key thing um but Something that is going to take a big hit, like you mentioned, there is going to be the analytics side of it. Mm -hmm. You know, there's definitely going to be a lot less data, um, or you know, it's already started taking place, uh, I suppose, in Mm -hmm. some places, but you know, long term, yeah, there will be a lot less data that that people are able to make these informed decisions using. So it's just a case of, you know, being able to adapt to that and uh, use the data that that you are able to collect and, and use it in the most effective way. And and, you know something you mentioned before, Chris, in terms of like you know whether that's A/B testing the colors of your booking buttons, or um, you know where your testimonials appear on the site, or you know things like that. Um, Yeah, say it's going to be important to to use what you can actually get. Mm -hmm. Yep, for sure.
0: I like WAM. I think that's a great website. I love that branding. I think that's. Uh, the, uh, I love seeing a modern brand like it's just the way they've done it with uh, the exclamation upside down exclamation mark and the M and just the, the way it's designed and things. like really nice. I like it. Really nice.
1: Yeah, no, it is. It's, it's very cool, especially when you know somewhere like Melbourne as well, which I've never been, but it does seem a very cool place to visit. So. Part um, of the world yeah, I've not been myself,
0: sure. and it's, it's it's on my list. One day, whenever whenever we can, <laughs> with everything that's going on, um, mm. uh, I'd love to be able to visit for sure.
1: Yeah, whenever they let us in.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, Russell, I can't thank you enough for your time. Um, I think what you've shown shown here on the various websites is a good idea of, um, what should be on a website, the the reasonings behind the the, the layouts of a website in terms of. Going through that customer's mindset and their journey of okay, I want to know a little bit more. I want to why should I book with you? Here's your products. Here's the call to actions. And that sort of user journey and the user flow is so important, and a lot of websites don't get it right. And it's good to sort of highlight there. You can see the similarities between it at each website, but it's still uh, it's still focused on each one of those brands, and it's still tailored to them. In a way, but it doesn't matter whether you're a small operator, or a big operator, but you're following that same process of a, a customer journey, and it's been done that way because it's been proven that it works. Now, again, looking look, looking at companies like Airbnb and things like that, they spend amazing amounts of money on these type of things, so it's good to sort of see you've got that consistency, but still being able to dif- differentiate between the two different brands and that type of thing as well. So, no, so no, thanks for showing showing us those websites.
1: Yeah, thank thanks for inviting me along, Chris. Um, yeah, I mean. in terms of the, the R and D, we like to think of it that. You know you're able to share that cost, right? Mm-hmm. You know we do we do that R and D, and that's that's shared across our our client base. So yeah. you know it means that you don't need Airbnb's budget in order to, to do the same kind of thing.
0: Yeah, that's exactly how we approached it back in the day. So I love seeing that. So so if anyone loved what they saw, uh, they want a Manhattan tour website or something similar. Um, what would the what would how would they get in touch with you guys, and what's the best best, best methods?
1: Yeah, and um, the most likely is to be talking to, to Kristen um rather than me spelling out her her name and email address for you you we'll can just drop an email <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. um, or you can just email sales at toriesandtiger.com or check out our website com and contact us through that
0: excellent excellent so thanks again russell I appreciate the time it's been as you say we've been planning on doing this for a while and for whatever reasons it's just never happened so i'm glad we've finally managed to get down sit down and do it and uh yeah i'll get uh it's love thank you so much for sharing your thoughts i've loved it and love seeing what you guys do and um long may it continue yeah thanks
1: a lot chris it's definitely been worth the wait for me anyway (laughs) (laughs) thanks again all right cheers
0: this episode of the digital tourism show was brought to you today by rentrax fully customizable rental management systems for tour operators you can book your free demo at rentrax.com